Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, we're back. It's episode 49 of the Hibs Ramble. It's just me and Mark this week. Uh, Mark, how are you doing, mate, in the absence of everybody else? Not bad, mate. The gruesome twosome. I'm back at it. Absolutely. Absolutely, my man. How was your weekend? How was your Hibsless weekend? Uh, quiet. I, I said at the end of last season that I was really looking forward to a break. Well, I'm ready for that break to come to an end. I need the football back in my life immediately because weekends are just getting progressively more boring. It's coming back slowly but surely. Slowly but surely it's coming back with these non-competitive games. How was your weekend, Liam? My weekend was actually all right. I'm trying to remember back to what I did. And I don't think I did an awful lot, so... Yeah. Chaotic weekends again. Got a ticket from Motherwell away today, so... Buzzing, man. Buzzing. Let the fun commence again. Well, away is a belter as well. It's a quality away day, isn't it? It's a quality away day. Listen, Mark, we're just going to jump straight into it. We've got Europe this week, son. We have. We've got Europe this week. But before we talk about Europe, let's talk about the state of the squad as as of 22 minutes past eight on the 25th of July. Um, I think, personally, that we still need a few more bodies in. What do you think? I agree. I'm going off the assumption right now that we have got Will Fish. I know that it's not a done deal yet, but it looks like it's going to be a done deal. It looks like he's coming to us any minute. So on the assumption that we've got Will Fish, I would say what we still need is a striker because I'm not 100% convinced that Adam Lafondra, who is 36, can be our main striker. I'm not doubting that he's a good player, but to be our main striker at 36 is tough, and I don't think Melkerson or Deutsch, or I don't think that group is just enough. I think we still need a striker who is going to get us sort of 15 to 20 goals. I know that's hard to come by, but um, I think that's what we still need. And I think we could probably use... I know Levitt can play in a sort of attacking midfielder role, but it looks like we're going to play a more defensive. I don't know if... What other people think of that? It could be different depending on the start of the season, but I think we could maybe just use a sort of more attacking midfielder to play in the hole. Yeah, like a Kyle McGuinness type. We've seen one Kyle McGuinness out with kind of like a a more creative Scott Allen, Kyle McGuinness, number 10, yeah, well, to I feed our Levitt, new number 9. Yeah, I thought Levitt was going to be that. I thought he was pretty much a direct replacement for Kyle McGuinness, but to be honest, I've not watched a lot of pre-season, but from what I've been told, he looks like he's been playing in a deeper role. You've probably got a bit more insight than I have on that. Well, I'd, I've watched as much pre-season as you have. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get round to watching the the Groningen game. Um, I was I was away somewhere. I was doing something. I can't I can't even mind what I was doing, but I was doing something. I, I missed the Groningen game. I think we just um, it, if we're not because we could be asked. <laughs> I was oh, I was Friday night, wasn't it? Aye. I'm sure I was doing something. I was maybe watching I, Love Island or something. Admittedly, I didn't go because I couldn't be asked. I just, I, I, I've said that I just can't stand friendlies. I just really cannot yeah, stand them. They are a wee bit bored, aren't they? Just, uh, they're just designed to, for players to get their fitness back. I just, I hate spectating them. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, they are a bit of crap. Unless you get like a Barcelona or Liverpool, Real Madrid, something like that. Don't get them anymore. 
Um, but no, I, I heard from from what I've heard anyway and what I've read. I think Dylan Levitt had a half decent game against Groningen. Um, is it Groningen or Groningen? I'm, I actually don't know how to say it. Kevin Van Veen's new team. That's who he played, <laughs> played against them. Um, I think people. I just hope that there's not going to be so much expectation on Levitt to be this world-beating midfielder because, see, for me, right, it's it's come down to signings that we've made in the past, you know, that we are all expecting to be world-beaters, brilliant signings, and then they just kind of, I don't want to say they flop because I don't think many of our signings have flopped, but they just don't live up to our expectation, and that's, I don't know if that's whether... Hibs fans pile too much expectation on these players that haven't quite got the ability to match up or if they kind of choke at this level. But from what I've seen of Dylan Levitt so far, it looks like he's got all the capabilities to excel from what we need him. Yeah, and I think the difference with Levitt as well is he's got experience in Scottish football. He's been at Dundee United for, what, two? Was it two seasons? Three two seasons, seasons right. Two seasons. So he knows the Scottish game. He's played it for two years and he's proven himself to be a decent player at this level. So I can't imagine him not performing at Hibs. For me, he should perform even better because he's at a better team, better squad, better manager. So he should actually perform at a higher level. To be honest, yeah. I didn't watch much of him at Dundee United. I can't even recall much of him when he played against Hibs. I don't really pay attention to the opposing players. But from what I've seen, Dundee United seem pretty disappointed to be losing him. And from you know the highlights and all that, he seems like a decent player. So I would imagine he, he would be a, a decent asset for us. Well, I can't imagine that he's going to be coming in to sit on the bench. Yeah. I think when the season ended last season, we kind of thought that Kevin Nisbet would be leaving. we said that we needed you know, three, four, maybe even five players to come in and improve the first team. I'm not going to lie, I think Dylan Levitt is the only one that we've brought in so far that that can walk right in, um, that, that will probably walk right in. I think the rest of them probably need to prove themselves a wee bit. I think the goalie I, will walk in. I think that the boy, the boy we've seen, is it Charlton who signed them for the goalie? Yeah. I think he'll come in for Marshall, and I think that is it. That's terrible. Like, I'm so bad with this. I'm terrible before the season starts. That fullback and all. Obita. Obita. Aye. I would imagine he'll because what's he a left back? I said I said last week that Jordan Obita will win Player of the Year. Yeah. And here I am saying that he's going to prove himself. Because Cabrera's away, isn't he? And I mean, yeah. obviously we've got Louis Stevenson, but I would imagine Louis Stevenson will play a role that he's played for the last four or five seasons, as in. He'll maybe come in when he's needed. He'll come in for periods of the season, maybe when we've picked up injuries or, you know, Stevenson's one of the players that you can rely on to play pretty much anywhere in the park. Obviously, yeah. I really want him up front, but and you can rely on him to play. So if we've got injuries, suspensions, can when we play that sort of December when we've got something like an outrageous number of games, I think he'll come in and play that. So I think he'll, he'll beat he'll probably he'll beat her, he'll probably come in the goalie and then leave it. Um Apart from that, I can't really even think who else we've signed. That oh that that Hartle Hartley bottle or whatever. Yeah, Hartle. I was just going to move on to him. I, th- I think um, from what I've seen, uh, my dad was at the game actually on Friday night, and he said that that Hartle looked really really good. I'd never heard him until we signed him last week, and I was sort of thinking, oh, is this going to be a sort of Nathan Wood esque signing? You know, he's got all the 
all the frills and, and fancy touches coming from English football, Premier League side, but won't be able to do it in Scotland. They've seen it so so often with players that have come up to Hibs. But uh, my old man, who's obviously someone, to, <laughs> who's obviously someone to base your football opinion of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a messiah of football. Said that he looked half decent and he looked comfortable on the ball. So it'll be interesting that, to see how he fits in because. I can't imagine Paul Hanlon will be dropped because he had an outstanding second half of the season. It would be interesting to see if we play a back three of Will Fish, Paul Hanlon and this heart bottle. Is it heart bottle? Heart bottle. Heart bottle. And then we play almost like a back five. You could say a back three or a back five. And then we play Obita and maybe Megwa or, or someone like that out at sort of wing back. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, I think... And you've got Rocky in there as well. Rocky can, you know, come in and out, chop in and out. And even if you're playing a back four, if we bring we'll Will Fish back in... Three. <laughs> if we, no, but if, if we bring Will Fish in and we're going to be playing with the back four, then you've got... Uh-oh. Ideally, you would want four centre-halves anyway Uh-oh. that you can interchange uh, and have here and there. And then, you know, we've got, we've got boys in the youth team that would probably be on the fringes. Um... But no, I, th- I think I think you're right. I think we're a, a nine and a ten away, and maybe a winger. If I'm being greedy, maybe a winger. Do you think um, young Rudy could potentially? He plays in that the hole, doesn't he? Yeah, I I think he can play across the middle of the park. Um, maybe because not so. Really impressive. Six, but in the eight and the ten, I think um, is his best position. And again. Another one that I've I've heard had a really really good game on Friday night. Uh, I said last week that you know from what I saw of him in the Marbella friendlies, he looked very very comfortable on the ball for a young lad. I think he's only 17 still, so he's he's got a lot of learning to do. But when you think about it, if you're a young lad going into that midfield and you've got players to look up to like Joe Newell and uh, you know Dylan Levitt who's come from Man United, I know he's still young but he's He's at a good stage in his career. Surely that's only good for our young players who have got those sort of those sort of role models to look up to. It'd be interesting because I can't I can't remember who was saying it. But it was you, Craig or Sean. That young um, what's his name, Rudy. He's Malone. like I see when um, we watched him at the youth league. He looked like a wee boy, but it's yeah. like all of a sudden he's taking this big stretch and he looks like a man now. He yeah. looks quite tall, he looks quite physical, so it'd be interesting to see if that's maybe sort of escalated his development in terms of getting him into the first team, because, I mean, I don't see why he can't break in. If we're in need of that position, if he's had a good pre-season, all it takes is for him to get an opportunity against, say, St Mirren on the opening day or Motherwell away the second day, come yeah. in and impress. And for me, if a young player does that, they're in the first team. If he yeah. comes in and has a really good game in that, that 10 position against St Mirren, or even if he comes on for half an hour and looks really good, Johnson cannot leave him out. And then, before you know it, we've got a starting number 10 in the squad, in the team. Yeah, which is exactly. It's it's something that we've not really seen an awful lot of from Hibs in the last few years. Is you know, I mean, with Josh Doig and Josh Campbell maybe being the exceptions, yeah. that, that we've not seen an awful lot of players progressing from the youth team and keeping, keeping a space... In, in the first team, whether it be on the bench or in the starting lineup, but I don't know if that is 
testament to they're they're not ready for the for first team football or Lee Johnson just doesn't fancy having to trust a, a young laddie in those positions. I, I don't know what it's coming down to, but um one one uh, one position that he needs someone that he can trust in is a number nine. And I have seen a lot of chat about uh, Big Miko coming back, saying that uh, he's asked Troy is to to lower his lower their asking price for him so that he can come back to Hibs. Could be bullshit, could be true, but I would absolutely love Kukarevich back at Easter Road. It would only be a loan though, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. From what I've seen, it looked to me that it would be either a loan or a loan with an option to buy or yeah. a permanent... I think there's a permanent deal floating about the rumours somewhere. So because I I'd like to believe that we were looking at that. I've seen that they were looking to loan him out, but I think they were looking to loan him out to somebody... Yeah, like Poland or something. Aye, Poland was one of the ones floating about because I'd seen that he had done an interview saying that the, the door isn't closed on a like return loan to Hibs. The only thing that worries me is just his injury record. I just hope because obviously the, the vast majority of the time that he was with us, or at least certainly the last part of it, was a couple of bad injuries. He was injured. He was injured. Yeah. So I just hope that if he does come back, that we don't see that again. I don't know what his injury record was like. I know he's only young, but I don't know what his record was like prior to joining Hibs. If he's if he's known for it, but um, I just hope that he can stay fit if he does come back. But I would take him back. I think. He's a big physical number nine, and we've seen, you know, I think he only made 15 appearances, and a, a couple of them were off the bench, or a lot of them were off the bench, and he scored five goals, I think. Yeah. So I would certainly take him back. The thing is, he's, you look at him, and he's ready-made for the Scottish division. Like, yeah. he's he's big, he's strong, he's tall, he's really good. It's a cliche, but for a big laddie, he's good with the ball at his feet. He holds it up well. Not the, not the best technically with the ball on the floor but he's good enough to play up there and have you know the runners go past Amelia and Martin Boyle um, I think it would be if it, if it was likely to happen if it was if he was available to us and in our budget it would be it'd be a no-brainer for me I think we'd be daft not to go and bring him back he, he'll score us goals and you know it's the sort of it's the other dynamic that we're sort of missing up front you know, we've, we've got Deutsch, who, who's a similar player, but I don't think Deutsch is on the on the same level mm. as as Big Miko. Um, you know, you look at the other strikers that we've got. Boyle can play through the middle up top. Yuan can play through the middle up top, but they're not the same kind of player. I think if you're wanting to have a little bit of a little bit of give and take with the, the styles of your strikers, because you know if. If a game's not going your way and you're trying to lump the ball up to a Martin Boyle to hold it up, it's not going to work. Yeah, you need someone to someone who can who can hold the ball up and stuff. But and I think a big, a big physical sort of number nine would do would would suit us a bit more, especially if we've got Yuan and Boyle each side. Yeah, I think having a big number nine, not just a bit, because that's not all he is. He's not just a big yeah like, eat the ball. He can, like you say, he can hold it up. He's got a decent touch. He's got good feet. But on top of that, he is also quite physical. We've seen him score those quite physical goals when he's needed yeah. to get up. And I think the one I can remember is against St. Johnson at home when it was a really, really good header um, that he won. And I think goals like that, if we've got Boyle and Jan running direct down the wing, getting balls mm-hmm. in the box, having a big number nine is going to put a lot of them away. 
Oh, absolutely. I think if Kukarevic had stayed fit for the whole season and we'd have got a season out of him, you know, hypothetically, if if Kevin Nisbet wasn't with us last year and it was Kukarevic through the middle um, all season, he would have got an absolute hat full. The mm. amount of crosses that we were putting in that were just going right by, you know, that he probably would have got a, a head on. The, the goal that sticks out to me, funnily enough, is, is, isn't he a header? It was the one against St Mirren where he ragdolled Gogic and smashed was, it in. That was his best goal, definitely. A brilliant goal. But yeah, I, I would I would love for him to come back. I really, yeah. really would. I don't really see... I've not really seen any other rumours or I don't really know of anyone that's really available that's sort of within our budget. But the problem is, right... It's so difficult to guarantee that you're buying a striker that's got 20, 25 goals in them. Yeah. Like it's so because either you spend big bucks on a player who's maybe quite proficient from like down south, but then they come up and they, they kind of fail, or you go for another striker who's proven in Scotland, but generally the club won't sell him a rival or it's out with our price range. So it's quite difficult. Like, for example, I wouldn't have taken Van Veen anyway because of his age. But let's just say we were in for him. Motherwell probably wouldn't have sold them to us and we probably wouldn't have been able to afford them. So it's difficult to get a proven goal scorer in. You've almost got to kind of hit the jackpot a wee bit with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, we've had a few stinkers over the years. Yeah, like James <laughs> Collins and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think he was proven in Gambia. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I signed him. That'll go down as one of the most bizarre signings of all time. That sums Absolutely. up our transfer window as well. I think, I tell you what, I've got no intel whatsoever, but do you think maybe the club seen what you know Celtic were doing in Japan and thought, came what, I wonder if this would work in I, but you know, rural sign- African countries? They were signing Japanese players who were proven to be decent. They were signing them for like three or four million pounds. Do you know what I mean? We were we just signed somebody for Rainbow FC like, <laughs> on loan. On loan. It was it was you know like twenty six as well. <laughs> I've no idea. He definitely didn't look twenty six. Like I don't know. It was just an absolutely bizarre piece of business. I've no idea. But who have we even got scouts in Africa? Like who's what, who's signed off on that? That's what I want to know. I just didn't understand. Like <laughs> who who discovered them for a start? <laughs> Who watched them enough to be like, right, we should sign this boy on loan? It's just, it's <laughs> mental. I don't know. Oh, it's bizarre. I'd love to know the thought process behind that one. <laughs> Maybe it was just a sort of, okay, what, just put your finger on a jockey. Aye. The paper. Um, right, Europe. We're back in Europe, Mark. It's been a long, long time coming. There's been a lot of chopping and changing. With the location of the first leg, um, with the date of the home leg and stuff, which, for one, I don't think that has been very fair on either Hibs or um, Inter Escaldes. Let's just call them Inter. Yeah, that'll be easier. I don't think it's been fair on either either side. You know, the teams in Andorra, I think they're usually part time, so it's a bit of mucking them about as well as mucking us about. But yeah, Andorra away on Thursday. You were going to go, but uh, you're not now, Mark. How's that? I will. I was going to go with your dad, Paddy, our Hibernian friend, and my brother. But um, nobody could really make it because it's quite short notice and because it's 
it's just the second qualifying round. I, I wasn't just going to go by myself, so <laughs> imagine it. It's just one of those things. But obviously, with the announcement in the next round, um, I'm hoping I, I should be able to go to that one because Paddy can definitely make it, and I'm trying to convince my brother as well. So. <laughs> As long as if Paddy can or Colin can make it, as long as I've got a person to go with, then that's fine. But a I'm travel not, companion. Aye, I'm not going to go by myself, and it's a lot easier as well. Andorra is not that difficult. You just go into Barcelona or uh, France and then get a train through. But the next round, it's either Stockholm or just outside of Zurich, so it's pretty pretty it's straightforward. A, fairly straightforward, aye. Although be quite pricey, I reckon, if we get through. I have priced it up. It's uh, the Swiss one is very expensive. The Swedish one isn't as bad for the hotels and flights. It's still like it's still a wee bit expensive, but the Swiss the the Zurich one is is very expensive. Yeah, but we should be going to Andorra and beating them. We've done it before in that same stadium. We uh, beat uh, Santa Coloma after after I think we beat them three 0 at home in the first leg. A couple of years ago, and then I think we maybe beat them two one or something in the return leg. Yeah. Um, I remember that. They, I think they went one 0 up, and I was like, "Oh fuck, uh, we're going to go out here." But realistically, with all due respect to Inter and anyone who's listening from Andorra, Hibs <laughs> should be beating every single team in that division. Yeah, you would think quite so, comfortably I, as well. Yeah, I just hope that. Lee Johnson's learned from last season in terms of the League Cup um, because I think you know, I think he even came out and said that, you know, he was using it as a sort of experiment, not like word for word, but he was essentially saying that he was using it as sort of an experimental almost like an extension of pre-season I can and kind of understand that though because he, it was his first it was his first um, you know, few months in the job, he had to get he had to kind of size up the the players and we didn't really have many games of pre-season before we went into the League Cup yeah. and you're playing the similar calibre teams in pre-season that you were playing in the League Cup um, yeah. at the same time though if you treat the League Cup like a pre-season friendly then so will the players and the players did treat it like pre-season friendly mm-hmm. so we got yeah. punished for that when you come up against sides like Falkirk or like even like Morton whatever like that for them is huge games big yeah. money makers and a huge opportunity to get into the latter rounds of the League Cup if we walk into the games, anyway, I know this is different, but if we treat <coughs> this game like an extension of pre-season, then it opens us up to them coming out being really, because they will be really up for it. Yeah. And if we're not up for it, then it, it won't be easy. But we should absolutely beat them. I know that about it. I, I, I don't think he will treat it um, like an extension of pre-season. I think, like you've said, he'll have learnt from how he treated the League Cup last year. And, you know, it's it's a different kettle of fish. It's Europe. Yeah. That's... You know, you, you don't come up against... Cup. You don't come up against these sides every year, um, you know, multiple times every year. So you kind of need to treat it a bit differently off the bat. And yes, I think we should win. Yes, I think we will win. Um, but to win, I think we're going to need to put in a half-decent shift. You know, we can't we can't just turn up and expect us to turn them over because it's not going to work like that. You know, the last time there wasn't any fans in the stadium. I know it's not a huge stadium, but the presence of home fans will 
affect it will affect the game. It's just it's just a, the way that it is. It's the way the cookie crumbles. We've been given a fair few tickets, but they're forty four fucking pound mark. I know. What a shamble. You'll be uh, buzzing that you're not going, man. Well, I for a ticket. Forty four for the main stand and then something like twenty odd for the, the north stand or something like that. It's a bit bizarre. Still, I'm assuming it's the club that's charging that, just trying to get as much money as possible because obviously they're part time or whatever, so Yeah. It is, I suppose. It is what it is. It is a bit of a it's a bit of a shan shan ticket price. Forty four pounds. I mean, no even anyone in Scotland charges as much as that. Never mind butchers and joiners for Andorra. Okay. But it's just squeeze as much money for the competition as possible, eh? Like a bloody shambles. And a four o'clock kickoff as well. That needs to be touched on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one with these competitions in the very early stages like we're in because you get all these funky kickoff times and all that. Because I think it's what it'll be maybe five or six o'clock in Andorra. I think is it what Yeah, I think I think they kicked off their last home fixture at four o'clock UK time as well, but it must be like a regular time over there. Yeah. But still, it's not ideal for us, really, is it? Well, I mean, it's all right for me and you because we're not working. Aye, so, we'll uh, we'll day off. get bevied and watch it. Aye. I'm assuming the return leg will be like a 7.45 kickoff. I'd imagine so. It usually is when it's at Easter Road. Yeah. I hope it's not a four o'clock kickoff anyway, that'd be a shambles. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be great. There'd be nobody there. <laughs> well, I don't think there's going to be many people anyway. Have you seen the ticket sales? Yeah, the ticket sales are a bit a bit poor at the moment, but do uh, maybe that was down to the fact we didn't know when the home leg was going to be. Yeah. And it, it depends on the result as well, because if we pump them four 0 away for home, there might be a lot of people that just didn't even bother going to the return leg. Yeah. Well we'll be there anyway. Oh, absolutely. Right in, right in the thick of it. Absolutely. We oh, are sitting, and I just add to the Ramblers, we will indeed be sitting in the trialled Block 7 area of the Famous Five, and we will be reporting back to let you know how it is. We will be, and if you see us there uh, and you want to ask for photos or autographs, then <laughs> we will only take photos with the first five, six people who ask and uh, I'm not saying any autographs, but I, I will take I'll take a few photos. Hope to see plenty of Leaf Seven merchandise represented as well. Yeah, exactly. I've actually got that down in my notes. This is this is a plea to you, Ramblers. I'm talking I'm talking to you now directly. If you're watching or listening to this podcast, please, please, if you're going to Andorra, wear your Leaf Seven attire. Take pictures. Send them in to us. We want to see them. Also. We want match. Uh, we want um, match day scan reviews from Andorra. This is the first ever time we have previewed a European game, and this will be the first premiership of the season. We will take any and all match day scan anything. I can't imagine they do steak pies in Andorra. It doesn't seem like the kind of climate where you would need a steak pie. What? What would they do in Andorra? What is it, French and Spanish? So, mm. chorizo or something? I have no idea what the food of Andorra is. Maybe hot dogs or something? Stadium. <laughs> chorizo hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe they will surprise us and do a big steak pie or something. That'd be funny, yeah. But yeah, or if you're going... Just do like burgers and that, eh? Like, uh, surely. Like, like kind of... Aye, uh, just normal, 
normal stuff. I don't know. But if you're going, please. We want to see in-stadium pints, if possible. Yep. And all the match day scran that you will be having. And as many photos of Leith Seven as you can, because we we love that. Actually, talking of Leith Seven, we went international this week, didn't we? We appeared on... Well, we didn't appear on, but a Leith Seven t-shirt appeared on Pakistan national television, which is absolutely baffling. Absolutely baffling. I couldn't believe my eyes when I seen it. I was pissing myself last night. Incredible stuff. When I saw the video. It was absolutely madness. So that's now Leith Seven being born in Estonia and Pakistan. As far as I know. Leicester. Did you read it down Leicester? I did. Love that. So wherever you go, if you wear your Leith 7, please let us know and uh, and we'll give you a wee retweet. And uh, and yeah, so we'll try and try and get a, a world domination of Leith 7. That's that's the plan, Mark, yeah. Yep. Right, Ken what moving on. We spoke about the return fixture a wee bit. It looks like Martin Boyle will be available for the return leg if if we are Three goals up, four goals up. Do we risk them? Because that Santa Coloma that we played from Andorra were dirty, dirty bastards. Yeah. Uh, it depends, because only like Mark Boyle, like the medical staff and all that will know sort of how far along he is. If he is truly recovered and fit, then yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't be playing him, like starting him or giving him any amount of time. Yeah. I would say maybe the last. 10-15 minutes to give him a run out get a feel for the game and all that ideally you know don't want him back until he's absolutely fully fit even if that means I'm missing the first couple of games of the season um, or just coming on making cameo appearances and stuff like that yeah. make sure he's absolutely ready to go before you put him back there's no point risking him because the worst possible thing that could happen is he gets another serious injury yeah absolutely that's um it's the last thing we want, especially at this point of the season. You know, we've looked forward all pre-season to have a, you know, a number nine and then boil a new one on either side. So if we'd if we rush them back in and we lose them again, and it's oh my god, did you hear that? <laughs> we lose them again. <laughs> we lose Martin Boyle again. Oh god. <laughs> I don't think I can edit that out as well. That's that's embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. But yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. I don't think we should rush him back whatsoever. It's not it's it's not worth it really because we rushed him back last season, had him playing a fair bit, and you know we fucked him again. So it's not great. It's not ideal. So we need to kind of take our time and make sure that make sure that our little Martin is okay. Well, enough enough about. Enough about Europe and all that nonsense. We want to move on to the real meat and drinky tonight's episode because we have got an absolute ton of listener questions. Now it's time to enter the hip ramble listener questions. Right, Mark. First up, John McIntosh. He comes at us with, you know it. You know the question. What I had for my dinner? So, I was at my nan's for dinner tonight and you know when you go to grandparents house and sometimes the teas are just bizarre yeah but tonight we had pizza right but the pizza toppings 
<laughs> the pizza toppings were sliced hot dog and potato <laughs> fritters. <laughs> Never in my life have I ever, and it wasn't even homemade, it was store-bought. When on earth have you ever seen a store, and she said, oh, it's Italian. If you showed <laughs> an Italian a pizza with potato fritters and hot dog on it, they would slit your throat. <laughs> Daddy fritters? Oh, and honestly, it, it was all right, but I've never Is seen any. It? it was all right, aye, but I've just never no, listen, seen Listen, I'm not having any pecora pizza slander from you if you're away eating hot dog and tatty fritter well, pizza. I couldn't turn around and be like, I'm not eating that because I'd feel bad on my wee nan. She's went out and bought that for me. So I had, and to be fair, it wasn't like, it wasn't the best, <laughs> but it was edible. And she also made, she also had fries and like the wee garlic ball things. It was all right. That's not so bad. I've not actually had my dinner yet. I'm just back from the cinema. Me and Megan went to go and watch Barbie. So I've it was been. It? I'm going to see it on Mate, it, was, it was actually class. It was really, really good. It was quite funny as well. I'm going to see it on Sunday at one o'clock and then I'm, we're going for dinner and then going to see Oppenheimer after it. So we're doing a wee back-to-back yeah. cinema session. I want to see Oppenheimer as well. It's three hours long though, it's a big commitment. I am going to the Dominion. We're doing a Dominion day and then going to Lucas for dinner in between. So I'm very looking forward to that. That sounds absolutely class. I'm very jealous. Can I come please? Sure. Thanks. <laughs> no, um, I went to go and see Barbie and... Um, I'm just absolutely full of sweeties and popcorn. So you've not had your dinner? No, I've not had my dinner. But I'm not really that hungry. I did have a McDonald's for lunch, mind you. <laughs> I had a I had a double quarter pounder with cheese meal. Nice. Um I also had a meal chicken. Nice, underrated. It's a it, mate, it's a good burger. It's a good burger. And it's good as a like a wee chaser. It reminds me of the Chicken Royale from Burger King. Yeah, just in a different shape. Eh? Yeah. I get, no, I, I get that. Like, see, if I'm going to Burger, uh, sorry, McDonald's, I'm like, I should get a beef burger, but I like the chicken as well. So mm-hmm. I always need to have like a wee bit of chicken, like a couple of nuggets or a male chicken, something like that. I also get that. I, I get a fillet of fish and a male chicken as like a chaser in between the main burgers, like you said. I've actually never had a fillet of fish before. And not because I'm one of these people who are like, oh, it sounds rank. I've just never, like, I've always got to McDonald's and been like, a fillet of fish IMO would be a waste when you could get a double cheeseburger. But, like, the thing is, though, it's just one of those things that you have, like, in between to, like, cleanse the palate. So you'll have, like... Like a sorbet. Yeah. Like, my last order of McDonald's, I think I had, like, a... Like a double Big Mac, double quarter pounder, like two double cheeseburgers and a fillet of fish. The double okay, cheeseburgers, yeah. the double cheeseburgers and the fillet of fish are like things that you have in between to make you feel less full, so that you can. <laughs> to make you feel less full. <laughs> yeah. I'm a double Big Mac and a double quarter pounder. Mate, honestly, my McDonald's orders are outrageous. See, for <laughs> breakfast, I get three double sausage egg McMuffins and five hash browns. Always, okay. always. You didn't get this building Lego, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've worked hard on that body, Mark. Worked you've hard worked on hard on that. It's all about getting your getting your protein in the way. There's surely a lot of protein in your in your sausage. What, what I was going to say about uh, fillet of fish, I absolutely am obsessed with tartar sauce. I love tartar sauce I as well. Love tartar sauce, and it's got it on the fillet of fish, and I just. I'm a I, big fish man. I'm a big big fish. I am. Man. 
I've got to, I do have to admit, I think I will need to bite the bullet and go for a fillet of fish one time. I've just never, it's like, came with me, it's like a fillet of fish. I'm never like, oh, I could murder one of them. Same way like Subway, like I couldn't, I've never, I'm never craving a Subway. Mm. Like you always just kind of pass Subway and you're like, oh, I could yeah. get a sandwich. Like, no, I'm never craving a Subway, I'm never craving a fillet of fish. But it's maybe because I've never had it. Yeah. Who knows? Well, moving swiftly on, uh, we've got Billy, who is asked if this goalkeeper kit is the next pattern for Leith 7. And I can confirm, no, it's not. That's, that is, I'm, we've all had to sign a, what's it called? Do not disclose? An NDA. An NDA, that's it. Non-disclosure agreement. Well, we have had to sign one. We cannot share the next pattern right now, unfortunately. But we cannot share the next pattern, but we have decided on what it is and we have seen pictures of it and it looks stupendous. Unbelievable. Absolutely stupendous. Next up, John Tolmey is asking, uh, who do you want to see us play in the next round, uh, assuming we pump the Andorran team, and what are your boys' go-to Tesco meal deal? Interesting question. It's a great question. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. I don't mind who we play in the next round. I think... I think the Swiss team would probably be better for us because I think the Swedish league is like halfway through at the moment and the Swiss league is just getting started. So they would maybe be at the same sort of level fitness-wise as us. Um, I think I would... I'd be I'd be happier to play them, although I mean I'd take either. I think we're going to get beat anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would take either. And a Tesco meal deal. It changes for me with Tesco, um, but I don't think you can go wrong with the the daily meat feast sub with a can of the can the nineteen oh one iron brew, like the one with the full sugar. And a boost bar. Hmm. That's what I would go for. Fair enough. Right, I'll answer the first question. So I would, for, for selfish reasons, I would rather the Swedish team because it's the stadium is in Stockholm. So as soon as you fly to Stockholm, there's not a whole lot of travelling involved. It's, you're you're kind of just there. The stadium as well, if you've not seen it, is an absolute beauty. So I'd yeah. go and see that. Uh, it's also cheaper. So I've already booked a hotel in Stockholm and it's it's so much... Like, see, for the Swiss one, the hotels are extortionate. Even yeah. for, like, shitty hostels, they're, like, 250 quid. For a hotel, it's, like, five 600 quid. It's mental. Whereas the... One in Stockholm is like, I think, 150 quid for two nights, and it's like reasonable. It looks all right. And it's literally round the corner for the stadium as well. So, for selfish reasons, I'm going to say the Swedish team, but I, I couldn't really care less, to be honest. <laughs> for a meal deal. It's got to be Tesco's, though. This has got to be Tesco's meal yeah, deal. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm going to go with a chicken Caesar wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with a bottle of San Pellegrino sparkling water. And probably like one of the wee fruit pots with the melon or grape or whatever apple in it. I Mark, I've known you for about 15 years. 
and I never, ever expected to hear you have your drinks choice as a sparkling water. You know I like sparkling water. No, I don't know you like sparkling water. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> when have you ever drunk sparkling water in it? I don't know, but I love sparkling water. It's a wee treat from just having regular water. Because you have to drink, like, I drink so much normal water, but, like, see when you have a wee bit of sparkling water, a wee slice of lemon in it, it's like you're having, like, a whole different drink. Why not just have a lemonade? But it's, it's, it's sparkling water is good for you. It's just water, but fizzy. It's lemonade. It wouldn't be me. It's got sugar in it, and it's all sweet in that. I suppose you're right, but... Nah, it's, it's no fun. Sparkling water's good, mate. You should have it. You should try it. I have tried it before and I didn't like it. Yeah, it but that's feel... only because there's this big agenda against sparkling water. See, if you actually give it a try, you'll like it. So we've learned that you're a fillet of fish man and a sparkling water man. Are you a pineapple on pizza man as well? A what? A pineapple on pizza man. No, I don't like pineapple on pizza. You can't, you can't back that then. You can't back that. Well, no. John, I hope that's answered your question uh, sufficiently. Jeff has asked, do you think Lee Johnson will risk Newell and Miller in a game we should win? Does young Rudy keep his place and would we, if Miller wasn't playing, would right back go to Megua or Alan Delphier? I don't think... I th- No, actually no. I think he'll play Newell on Thursday and I think he will also play Miller as well. And I don't think Rudy will keep his place. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Oscar, please. Hello, Oscar the cat. Um, yeah, I think Joe Newell will, will stay. I, <sighs> Miller's a funny one because we've seen how good he can be the very tail end of last season. He was unbelievable. Yeah. But you can also see how put, I'm hoping the tail end of last season was him turning a corner mm-hmm. and he comes in and he's consistent and he makes that position his own. Yeah. The good thing is, though, we do have Megwa waiting in the wings. So Miller now has to think that, right, if I'm not at my best, then Megwa's going to push me. Megwa's going to come right in. And if Megwa gets into the first team and plays well, he'll never be hard to get out. He'll be very hard to get out because he's young. He could potentially be a valuable asset for us. So Miller has to understand that he needs to be top his game or Meg will just come in. But yeah, Joe Newell, I mean, Joe Newell's Rolls Royce, so he'll he'll stay in the, the team. I don't think Lee Johnson... It's kind of a catch-22 for Johnson, isn't it? Because uh, does he risk future injury or does he risk not having your best players out in the park and not winning the first leg? Yeah. Because then you've got it all to do in the second leg. And yeah, we're at home, but you know, you can't you can't just depend on that. I think we need to have yeah. we need to do the business in the first leg. And if then he wants to rest players in the second leg, we can. If the scoreline will allow it, if we're three or four goals up. Yeah, I, I can't imagine him playing a not a weakened side, but not his best team. You know, there's been a lot made of the fact that it's his first ever European game. It'll be a lot of these players' first European game. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll play a full team, and I, I completely agree. If if we go and pump them three or four nil, then yeah, he might bring in a couple of the young lads yeah. in the second leg. But I can't imagine if it's any if it's if it's anything close in terms of the the result for the first leg, then I would imagine he'll play the strongest side in the second leg as well. Yeah, absolutely. Gav Dick is up next, and don't worry, Gav, I'm not going to hammer your grammar. I'm not even going to mention it. 
He says, quite happy with Lutzer and Drew Gardens in the next round. Obviously, we need to be in our first. Apparently, their star player is this guy called Sacha Andrew. I think he plays in the number 10. Watched a bit of their game last week and he's asking for a score prediction. I don't know anything about this inter team. I don't know anything about their players. But, Gav, if you're saying that this boy looks like a player, then I wholeheartedly believe you. But I think we'll beat them 6 1. Is that over the two legs? No, first leg. First leg, wow. I'm going to go with 3 0. I'm going Adam LaFondra double hat trick. <laughs> He's not got that in him. I don't know, like, you might do. Uh, Kevin Wilson, what signing has impressed you the most so far? Oh, I don't know. I think. It's a difficult one because I've not seen an awful lot of them. So I'd maybe just probably need to go to Levitt or Lafondra because he's scored. But I'll, I'll give it to Adam Lafondra. We've spoken enough about Dylan Levitt today. Yeah, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I've not watched a, a minute of preseason. Like, I've not watched. I needed a break so much from football that I've just not been. <laughs> I've just not been interested in. Pre- I never am in particular interested in preseason, but this season particularly, I'm just I don't yeah. care about it. So I, I honestly would be lying if I told you who has impressed me because I've not seen anyone. My cat's tail is not. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, you needed a break. You hit it hard last season, like. Yeah. yeah but it's bit- I think you know the last weekend scunnered me as well because, I obviously, had the derby on the Saturday and I was absolutely bevied. And then on the Sunday, I was I was down in Manchester for the final game of the that season, and I was bevied as well. So, <laughs> that, I think the break from the football and from the bevy. Yeah, that, back to on Thursday though. Come on, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jack is next up, and he says, with Boyle being a fitness concern, what would you like to do with the attack? Would you try a front two with Adam Lafondra and Yuan, Rudy and Mackay on the right, or someone like a Melkerson? Also, chicken pakora on a pizza sounds honking. I can't lie, do better. Well, <laughs> top man, top man. If you think that chicken pakora sounds minging on a pizza, then Jack, please tell us what you think of hot dog slices and Thai fritters <laughs> on a pizza. Because I think that that is sacrilege. Well, listen, I didn't order that. That wasn't my choice. You chose to eat a pakora fucking six You chose minutes. to eat it. 16 inches of pakora pizza <laughs> went inside of you. Like, <laughs> and it came right back out of me the next day, I'll tell you that for nothing. That is just ludicrous. But no, would you would you have a, a front two-way LaFondra and LUN? And maybe have Mackay starting at some point? I would imagine, I probably wouldn't deviate much from the team that we've, that we've been playing sort of pre-season, to be honest. I don't really know. Yeah, I think I, I think we will see a a variation, well, obviously a variation of the teams that we've seen in preseason. That's the players that we've got, but I think we'll see a very similar way of setting up as to how he has in preseason. And I don't think I I think that we will beat them. And I hope that actually Kim what Mackay I quite like Mackay. I hope that he gets a run out. Yeah, it'd be interesting because played well last season. I think this year is 
like sort of just make or break for McCann. That's exactly what I was gonna like think what I was thinking, yeah, make or break, because if he's if he can't break into the first team this year, is he ever gonna break into the first team? And in which case, I don't think it's a loan move. I think it'll be a permanent move somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Frankie's up next and he says score predictions for Thursday, we've already touched on that. He says your thoughts on Tiramisu. We'll come to an Italian uh, food expert, Mark Duncan, first. That's such a random question, but I love it. Uh, It is. I'm going to be really, really honest with you. I have never had tiramisu. Really? It's a coffee, isn't it? It's like a coffee dessert. It's like like cake, right? Like a thin bit of cake that's like soaked in coffee. And then like cream. It's like a lasagna. It's It's a lasagna structure. Like it's cake soaked in coffee and then like cream with like chocolate dusting and then the same and it's just like layers of that. I really like lasagna and I really like tiramisu. So tiramisu gets a big thumbs up from me. Um, big thumb. Yeah, to be honest with you, sorry, I'm moving you so I can put this laptop on charge. I've, yeah, I've never had it, but I do like coffee and I do like cake, so I've I've reason to believe that I would like tiramisu. I think you should probably try it. I tell you what I'll do. Next time I am at a restaurant that serves tiramisu, I will get it and I will tweet. Who was it that asked that question? Uh, Frankie eighteen seventy five underscore. Well, what I'll do is I will download Twitter. And I will tweet Frankie a picture of my tiramisu and tell him how I got on. Will I bring a tiramisu over on Thursday? Nah, I don't want a store-bought tiramisu. I want, if I'm going to have it for the first time, I want it to be a good tiramisu. I suppose so. But then every tiramisu that you would have after that would then not live up to expectations. But I would know truly... You want to set the bar that high? Or do you want yeah. to set the bar a bit lower and you're like, oh, that was a good tiramisu. No, but the risk is I have a shit tiramisu and I'm like, well, if I'm at a restaurant, I'm not going to eat that because I know it's rubbish. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. It's a good point. It is good, though. Store-bought ones are good as well. Well, I'll really tell you are. what, I will try tiramisu in the near future. Right, well, I'll bring some over to your house on Thursday. Nah. And you've got to eat it. <laughs> you need to promise me now you'll eat it. You've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> uh, next up, Thomas, and he asks, "What's your latest thoughts on Lee Johnson? Is he still the right man to take us forward? I like him, and I want to do him well, but the fans seem to be split. I'm all behind Lee Johnson. All behind him. Yeah, I've got full confidence in him. I but I know that last season was a bit rocky, but I see when you look at the squad we had at the start of last season." It's really no wonder that we were so turbulent for the until January. Yeah. And then you look at January, we had a pretty good window in January. Nisbet came back, Will Fish started performing, and look how good we done. I, I know there was still a bit of inconsistency there, but that is probably, I know it was disappointing because we didn't leapfrog hearts, but post-split is probably the we best. We had a post, really good run. It, it, like, it was the best post-split that I can remember in a long time. We obviously, we should have beat Hearts. We were very unlucky not to, to beat them. We beat Rangers. We we absolutely should have beat Aberdeen. We never beat Rangers. Eh, sorry, Celtic, not Rangers. Um, 
we absolutely, it was a Kevin Nisbet penalty away from beating Aberdeen at Pataudry. We beat St Mirren. So that, for me, was a really good post-split. And I think it would have been talked about a lot more if we had managed to get, do the business against either Aberdeen or Hearts. But he's definitely the man for the job, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zach McKenzie, and he says, um, what would your starting lineup be for the first game in Europe? And also, what was your opinions on Rudy in the Groningen game? Like we said, we never watched the Groningen game, but from what I've seen of Rudy Milotnikov over pre-season so far, I really, really like him. I rate him. I hope that Lee Johnson has got plans to keep him in and about the first-team squad this season and he gets a chance. Um, and when he does get the chance, I hope he grasps it with both hands. Yeah, I'm not going to even attempt to do a starting eleven because I would need to properly think about yeah, I think we'll just need to see what happens. Uh, see, predicting squads for the first game, first games of the season, whether it's in Europe or the league, is always difficult because you never know who's going to start. You never know if he's going to chuck all the new signings in or if he's going to keep the signings on the bench, whatever. I don't know. Uh, next up, Harvey Scott. Another one about Rudy Molotnikov. He says, after Rudy's performance against Groningen, do you think he could throw a spanner in the works for Lee Johnson and maybe force a place in the team when the season starts, or is it too early for him? <laughs> I don't think it can ever really be too early if you're a good player. If you're a good enough player, ah, it yeah, really, really matter. I don't think so. So if he is ah. good enough, I think he definitely will be getting the time that he needs. I mean, Lee Johnson's the man to judge that. And I think as well, the start of a new season is probably the best time you can put in a young player because obviously there is pressure. I'm not saying it's not pressure, but as the season starts to progress and you start to, you know, come into these battles for third or fourth or fifth and points start to become more and more valuable and games get a lot bigger and take on more weight the management team will probably, at that stage, be a little bit more cautious about putting young players in. So I would say at the very start of the season, when games don't, when you, a defeat doesn't feel as heavy, it's still still shit, obviously, when you get beat, but it doesn't feel as heavy as it does maybe in February or March or something like that or halfway through the season. So I think it's probably the perfect time, if he's going to do it, to bring him yeah. in, see how he does. Because at the end of the day, if he doesn't do well, then we just bring him out and we say, right, maybe you know, we'll, we'll just continue him on his development plan. But if he comes in, and I touched on this earlier, if he comes in and he does really, really well, you might have just found your sort of number yeah. 10 for the full season. You know what I mean? Exactly. And he becomes a much more valuable asset to us. And I know that's a terrible thing to say, but ultimately we'll have to look at it like that. That these players, the club, That's the, that's yeah. the bottom line. Exactly. But I think it's a good time to bring him in if we're going to do it. Then it should be earlier in the season. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think there's a lot of Hibs fans who seem to agree as well that he, he deserves that chance. And listen, if he gets a chance and he doesn't he doesn't perform, then fair enough, at least he's been given a chance. But from what I've seen of him, if he is given a chance, I think he will step up and he will, he will do well in that team, especially if we're playing... Some nice football. He's he's a he's very comfortable on the ball, and I think he would slot right in nicely. Um, next up, the Rebel High B. Do you think Man United Dragon will fish from pillar to post to play friendly games is likely to improve our chances 
of signing him permanently. Surely he can't be happy to miss competitive games to play 45 minutes against Wrexham. If I'm him, I'm raging. Well, I don't think he should travel to the US with Man United. So Well, I can tell you right now that Man United's squad members for the Wrexham friendly, he's, he's, he's in it. He's in the squad for the friendly against Wrexham, yeah. And is that in the Just US? Just seen that. That's in the US, yeah. All right. Hmm. I think Man United sent out a tweet and it was like, oh, these are the players that are travelling to the States and Will Fish wasn't on it. But I did see that they were sending another full team of the 23s right. over. So Will Fish will have been on that plane. I don't think it really improves our chances of signing them permanently because, you know... If he wants to leave, then Man United are not going to go well. We'll let you go for to Hibs for seven hundred thousand. But if Birmingham wanted them, or you know Sheffield Wednesday wanted them for, and they were willing to spend two and a half, three million on him, then he's not going to come to Hibs, is he? Really, Man United are not going to let that happen. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't think he's going to be particularly bothered about missing a trip to Andorra for being in the US with Man United. And I think ultimately it'll help his development as well because he's playing with world like world class coaches and a world class team and all that. Not the world like the twenty threes, but in terms of their sort of age group, they'll be a world class team. So I don't. I think he'll probably be happy that he's been involved in that setup. And at the end yeah. of the day, we'll still get him. I would imagine, unless something drastic happens, we'll still get him. And if if it means we have to wait until August or whatever the first game of the season, then so be it. At least he's getting a full preseason. He's getting full games, and he's getting all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we've got Fatis Prickus, who has said, "Is there even any point to Andorra? Just be French or Spanish and stop mucking about." <laughs> I know, it is tiny. It's a tiny little blob right in the middle of the two, isn't it? It's just a wee blob. Sorry, a microstate, eh? It's a tiny little place. It's apparently a very nice place. I know, it's a little skiing area, isn't it? It's quite popular for skiing, I believe. Is it? I think it's a wee ski resort, yeah. There's areas of the ski resort. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Billy has asked for a Barbie rating. And I tell you what, it was very, very good. It's very, very good. Out of 10. Um, Can you give me a rating, please? Out of 10. I'll give it a solid 8.7. Wow. It was very good. It's not the best film I've ever seen, but it's the best film I've seen in a, in a while. I've heard that it's quite woke in terms of like it's all about male patriarchy and all that. Um, aye, a wee bit, but it's not like how you think it would be. It kind of like takes a piss out of it a little bit, and then it's good. It's, it's difficult to explain without. Well, I look forward. It. Yeah, you will let me know. Let me know what you think of it. Well, I'll also see. let you know about Oppenheimer. Yeah, well, I will go and see that. I'll just need to schedule in three hours somewhere to go and watch it. <laughs> I might wait for the DVD. I don't know. And finally. We've got Neil Renton who asks if you could if you could immortalise any Hibs player, past or present, in the form of a plastic doll, who would it be? <laughs> what? What does that mean? I think it's because I said I was going to see Barbie, so he's kind of said, "Well, if you could make any Hibs player, past or present, a plastic doll, who would it be?" 
Oh, God. That's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, so you, could have, like, you could have Yarko Viss. He would, I think he would do well as a Ken because he had the bleach blonde hair. Does the doll, like, is the doll in the human form, but just, like, the size of a doll? Or is it just literally a plastic doll that doesn't move or speak? No, it would be like a like a Barbie doll. All right, okay. So it's just a literal doll. Like a literal doll. But who would Jason you Jason Cummings? Jason Cummings would be all right, eh? I was thinking Joe Newell as well. Joe Newell, yeah, yeah. He's very... Yeah. He's a handsome man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Joe Newell's a good one. I think Joe Newell's probably... Yeah, let's go with Joe Newell. Let's go Joe with Joe Newell. There you go. Well, if you're listening to toy companies and you want to make a doll Hibs player, then you have our blessing to use Joe Newell's likeness. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you've got Joe Newell's blessing or his permission, but you've got ours, and that's that's all you need. And that wraps up episode 49, one off a of 50 mark. Have you enjoyed it tonight, mate? I have. I have. It's been a pleasure as always. An absolute pleasure. And we will be back next week to talk about the first leg of the inter game and chat through about the second leg and then after that hopefully we're back with another um european podcast at some point but we'll not know we'll not know until next week so thanks again for listening if you've got this far follow us uh, on twitter instagram facebook youtube we're all at the hibs ramble across all platforms and uh, yeah take care and uh, we'll speak to you in a while. Adios. Let's get ready to rumble.